Credit Suisse is the global sponsor of the New York Philharmonic. The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Foundation, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and by the Philharmonic's corporate sponsor, MetLife Foundation. From Avery Fisher Hall in New York City, it's the New York Philharmonic This Week, a weekly program of concerts and recorded highlights by one of the world's great orchestras. And This Week... Carter Bray is the soloist in the Dvorak Cello Concerto. This is Alec Baldwin. Thanks very much for joining us for a concert from the orchestra's residency at the Bravo Vale Valley Music Festival in Colorado. In addition to the Dvorak, we'll also hear the Symphony No. 5 by Tchaikovsky. Music director Alan Gilbert will conduct the New York Philharmonic this week. Antonin Dvorak composed his B minor cello concerto between 1894 and 1895. At the time, he was approaching the end of a three-year stay in the United States as the director of the newly formed National Conservatory in New York City. Though his time in America did little to change his compositional style, Dvorak's creative energies surged during that period, yielding some of his finest and most popular works, including the one we're about to hear. And we go down to the stage now at the Gerald R. Ford Amphitheater in Vail, Colorado for the Cello Concerto in B Minor Opus 104 by Antonin Dvorak. Principal cello Carter Bray is the soloist, and Alan Gilbert conducts the New York Philharmonic.
Concerto for Cello and Orchestra by Antonin Dvorak. The New York Philharmonic was conducted by Alan Gilbert. The soloist was the orchestra's principal cello, Carter Bray. Music of Tchaikovsky is next on the program when Alan Gilbert returns to lead the orchestra in a performance of the Symphony No. 5. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to the New York Philharmonic this week. Tchaikovsky completed the work we hear next in 1888. After a rocky premiere which the composer conducted in St. Petersburg that same year, the Symphony No. 5 proved a popular success. Critics, however, pounced on it for what they termed cheap displays of showmanship and unattractive, disruptive waltz themes. Tchaikovsky himself, already plagued by bouts of depression and a waning lack of confidence in his talents, was not satisfied with the symphony either. In 1889, Tchaikovsky wrote the following in a letter to his brother Modeste, quote, Johannes Brahms stayed on an extra few days to hear my fifth symphony and was extremely gracious. We ate together after the rehearsal and had quite a few drinks. I must say that he is most sympathetic and I very much admire his honesty and open mind. Neither he nor the players like the finale, which I also think is rather horrible. Tchaikovsky also expressed his concern over the Fifth Symphony to his friend and patron Nadezhda von Meck, writing that the more he conducted the work, the more that he was convinced that it was not an enduring piece and that he wondered if this was perhaps the beginning of the end for him and his career as a composer. Given the popularity of this symphony, it seems strange to read so many disparaging words against it from both critics and the composer. Okay, in the strictest terms, Tchaikovsky's symphonies are a little rough around the edges in terms of form and orchestration, but few before or since have ever been able to rival the composer's singular gift for melody. The Fifth Symphony opens with a motto phrase that appears several times in the course of the work. The English critic and musicologist Ernest Newman spoke of this theme as the leaden, deliberate tread of fate. After the initial statement, the real substance of the movement is developed by a subject that is given out by the clarinets and bassoons playing in octaves. It's been said that this music has its origins in a Polish folk song.
The second movement unfolds as a lyrical romance. The song-like melody flows from the horn to the cello and eventually to a body of strings. This flow, however, is interrupted twice by the aforementioned motto phrase. Rather than a traditional scherzo, Tchaikovsky instead gives us a most graceful waltz in the third movement of the symphony. Here, the melody is thought to have been inspired by a song the composer heard sung in Florence. Before the dancing is done, we again hear the motto phrase, this time by clarinets and bassoons, as though played from a distance. That motto is transformed from the minor mode to the major mode in the finale of the Fifth Symphony. It has been suggested that this represents defeat turning into triumph. Whatever the case, the movement contains plenty of pomp and frenzy before heading to its thrilling conclusion. Turn to the stage now for the Symphony No. 5 by Tchaikovsky. Alan Gilbert conducts the New York Philharmonic. 
Symphony Number no. 5 in E minor, Opus 64 by Tchaikovsky. The New York Philharmonic was conducted by its music director, Alan Gilbert. We turn our attention back to the Philharmonic's principal cello, Carter Bray, in the time we have remaining on this broadcast. On March 27th and April 1st, 2013, Mr. Bray gave a lucky handful of ticket holders a very special treat when he performed all six of Bach's suites for unaccompanied cello in a single evening. Not only that, but he performed them on a pair of period instruments, complete with a Baroque bow and gut strings. From the second of those two performances, let's now hear Mr. Bray in the first suite for unaccompanied cello by Bach. Thank you. 
New York Philharmonic principal cello Carter Bray there in the suite one for unaccompanied cello by Johann Sebastian Bach. The performance was recorded April 1st, 2013 at the Holy Trinity Lutheran Church on the Upper West Side. More information about the recording and about Carter Bray can be found on the New York Philharmonic's website, nyphil.org. Philharmonic Audio Director Lawrence Rock is the music producer for this series. The broadcast producer is Mark Travis. Vince Ford is the executive producer. Special thanks to our production assistants Nicholas Bremer-Korb, Amanda Conti, and Deirdre Vesey. Our interns are Ian Riley and Carlin Daigle. And this is Alec Baldwin wishing you good health and good music. Credit Suisse is the global sponsor of the New York Philharmonic. The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Foundation, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and by our corporate partner, MetLife Foundation. This program is distributed over the WFMT Radio Network.